TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. A little problem with the headphones here, doing a little equipment adjustment as the show comes on. Welcome, everybody. It's the coach of the Big Dog on the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. The Big Dog, of course, are not in the studio, but checking in via the telecommunicational phone lines out in beautiful West Aurora. Big Dog, how are you on this hot, steamy Wednesday? I know you're a hot, steamy guy. Well, uh, I don't know about hot and steamy, Coach, but uh, I'm absolutely laid up. Uh, I'm like, my back can't even move. This is not good, Coach. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been working lately, like, in, basically from 10 at night to 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. And then I do the show. And I got to tell you something, uh, I, I've definitely felt better than I have today. But, you know, when we can't worry about my problems. There's other issues in the world, like White Sox pitching. <laughs> yeah, right next to Afghanistan. I'm not sure which one is more problematic right now. And, of course, our budget deficit. They could go one, two, three in any particular order. Now, Big Dog, I'm almost afraid to ask because you are a man who's had many, many jobs over the years. We've been doing the radio show together, some legal, some not so much. But uh, what are you doing these days from 10? And, again, I preface it by saying, I'm almost afraid to ask, but I'll ask it anyways. What are you doing from 10 at night till 8 in the morning? What job do you have you recently acquired? I'm ripping the heads off chickens, Coach, at out in uh, West Chicago, getting it done. Now, you know what? I, I In order to, to keep the radio dream alive, the mm-hmm. black and blue city television dream alive, a couple other things, I've been taking temp jobs, you know, in order to get the, the bills paid. And, yep. well, i got to tell you something. There's a... Uh, They'll, they pay a lot better to rip the heads off chickens than they do to, like, you know, like just pack, you know, stack boxes. So it, they give you at least a quarter more an hour, Coach. Uh-huh. Now I'm trying to figure out, is ripping the head off chickens, is that a euphemism for something else, or are you literally, and again, I'm almost afraid to ask this, but are you literally ripping the heads off chickens? If I knew what a euphemism meant, Coach, <laughs> I'd probably be able to answer that particular question. Yeah. Just put a little medicine on a euphemism, uh, and uh, once the warm weather goes away, you'll feel much better. Oh, please don't say medicine. I, I, I need some big time right now, Coach. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm totally stiff. I can't even move right now. This is not good. Uh, big Dog is fighting through it like an athlete against uh, all adversity. You're going to fight through the show today, working on a couple hours sleep. Dedicated radio professional that you are on behalf of our listening audience, Big Dog, we appreciate we appreciate the extra effort in fighting through the uh, Iron Curtain, so to speak. Well, well, hopefully soon I won't have to do all this, Coach. Yeah. You know, I can actually come in studio, be in front of the camera, and not have to be in this much pain, which would be mm-hmm. good. Now, I was thinking about doing the show on drugs, but that would not be good. The last time I did any type of show like this on drugs, it, it, next thing I know, I was talking about hockey. It was in the middle of baseball season, so I, I guess I'm just going to mm-hmm. have to suck it up and get it done. Well, and you are aware that uh, Chris Whitting, our general manager, of course, his sister Randy Myers are installing here in the uh, TalkZone.com website very strict drug testing standards. So you don't want to uh, fail that test, at least wait till the end of the month. You know what? Actually, probably to help ratings, 
you know, instead of like the us getting volume drip, maybe they should we should give that to our listeners. It would probably definitely spike. You know, Interesting. That could be like a regular segment from ten twenty-five to ten thirty. We'll bring in, uh, you know, either via the phone lines, we'll get one of our interns to do it, or better yet, have the person come in in the studio. And uh, you too could be drug tested right here on the TalkZone.com live webcast. A different listener each and every day. I think it's a phenomenal idea. Uh, I, I hate to say, Coach, most of our listeners will probably fail. Really? Well, who knows? I don't, I don't know exactly what failing a drug test means. Does that mean that you're <laughs> negative or you're positive? <laughs> a little bit of both. By the okay. way, uh, producer extraordinaire today, David Olson, as per always, he's working double time as well because basically everybody in this uh, TalkZone.com executive suites is on vacation. So Dave is doing like four different jobs. But do you notice how, Dave, how he uh, very uh, smoothly and athletically avoided the question if he's actually tearing on the heads off of chickens? Did you notice that? Yeah, I did catch that. Yes, very slick. Not going to press any further. I don't want to, you know, don't want to get the big dog in trouble. It was just a... I, I don't need to, I don't want to, like, get into the nightmare okay. that is my life That's, right now. I understand that. All I can say is a bear. <laughs> I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> if Chicago Bear running back Matt Forte can uh, put on the moves and the deft elusiveness that you have just shown, big dog, Chicago Bears could be pretty good this year. I'm hoping for a re- uh, revitalization of third-year quarterback, junior, uh, running back, junior, if you will, Matt Forte. Hey, coach, I expected to. You're talking about a guy who for 15 and a half games last year played with a torn MCL in his knee. Eh, so, just a torn uh, MCL. It, Pop it back into place and get out there and play. Yeah, but you know what? It was pretty impressive, yeah. and, you know, it's cool. Uh, I mean, the fact that you can play that much. Uh, everything is looking up for the Bears right now. And the best thing that I love about the Chicago Bears this season, Coach, is the fact that all the experts are picking them to be 5-11, and 6-10. and mm-hmm. it's, it's good. I'm actually pretty happy with that. Yeah, well, you and me went over uh, game by game on the schedule. We're going to do it later in the show, by the way, the Chicago Bulls. I don't know if you had time to do it, Big Doe, but I went through every one of their 82-game schedule. I've got, you know, give or take a couple of games, I've got their final record. I already analyzed each and every game. But the Bears, we had... Uh, the two of us, we had them going 14 and two. Originally, I think it was 15 and one, but then we decided the game at Minnesota was probably going to be a loss. So no, 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 no. The the Vikings are way overrated. This okay, year. so they're with it. or without prima donna. 15 and one for the Bear. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. Not just Matt Forte, by the way. We start off with a little football action here as the nfl training camps are about one week into play college football is off and running and uh big dog we should uh, throw a little mention at least in the chicago area the high school kids not just football but all the athletes it's the first day they're showing up for practice right now they're probably running the wind sprints doing the conditioning drills hitting the weight room let's throw a little uh good luck and best wishes out to all of our high school athletes who are opening up the 2010 2011 high school sports season you know, absolutely, best of luck. And, you know, it, it, and most importantly, get it done while you're there. Have fun doing it because yep. I got to tell you something. When you don't you don't get to play high school sports anymore, you miss it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, legitimately, Coach, of all the things that I've done in my life, that was a lot of fun. If I could do any of them, have any, uh, just a little bit of taste again, just a little yep. tiny taste of anything in my life that I ever could do, uh, I wish I could just play one high school football game mm-hmm. again. You know, just go back out there, run around and smash into somebody play with my boys, the same guys that I hang out with every single day to mm-hmm. this day. 
I wish I could go back out there with them one more time. But. Special, special time, special, special memories that it is. Uh, you know, for a high school kid, four years is an eternity. But when you look back at it, it's a very brief moment in time. However, I'm going to guess, Big Doug, you probably don't miss the first week of practice, which can be uh, pretty grueling. Coach, I'm not just saying this, but then again, you, I always love the uh, a physical challenge. I played with uh, under uh, head football coach Pete Ventrilli, you know, Illinois High School Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. And I got to be quite honest with you, Coach, I loved it. I, I couldn't wait for that week because it was such a challenge. He used to legitimately try to kill us, but it was such a, I don't know, it was so tough that I loved how many people quit and couldn't take it. That, and believe mm-hmm. it or not, I swear to you, I'm not just making this up. I would do it again. I would. I loved going to those particular practices. Mm-hmm. Now during them, maybe I'm a masochist, but I, I absolutely did enjoy it. We he used to Ventrilli used to talk about this thing, the great high school wish, and and he was right. He's like, you know, one day you're gonna wish you came back and and actually played football or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna wish you did all this other stuff. You know, take advantage of it now. And I swear, when he said that, it sunk in for me. I really got what he was saying, and mm-hmm. I I appreciated every single moment. That I got to play high school football. It's interesting. Interesting. Well put. Very, very well put. If we have any uh, folks listening out there uh, want to comment on their high school career, maybe they got a son about to start to playing, not just football, son or daughter playing high school sports. You want to comment on the Big Dog's inspirational message there. Football fans in general will talk a little football here, 888-463-6748. Again, our phone number here on Two Guys and a Mic, 888 888- Four six three sixty seven forty eight. Dial it up early and often. One hour show, so don't wait too long. But uh, big dog, I hesitate to throw job number forty seven at you because you got plenty on your plate right now. But as you were talking, I came up with another business idea for the two of us. Can I run it by you? Please, please. Um. All right, the fantasy camps—they've been done, right? The fantasy camps. Yeah, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. listening so, to you. I mean, you're aware of that? Talk. You interrupt aware? me all the time. I actually let you speak. Okay, you're aware of that concept, but I'm thinking how the way you described your experience, that first week of a training camp, boot camp, if you will, might there be a market for uh, adults who want to relive those couple of weeks of conditioning and maybe in the evenings? We could run uh, you know, the West Suburban version. Of relive, we'd have to come up with a catchy name for it, but relive your high school days. It will get people in shape. It'll get that team camaraderie. All the uh, adrenaline, all the uh, endorphins that kick in during that first week of practice, we could kind of run a, a little post-high school game. We'd have to come up with a catchy name for it, but run a camp this time of year for uh, you know the 30 to 45-year age, uh, age old adults. You know, it's funny you said it because I had some some Russian dude that was going to pay me to actually put him through football practices last week. Okay. And the guy never showed up. And I redid my whole schedule for this guy. It's funny that you said that. But there will be a couple problems. The only thing is, like, if if you're reliving stuff, Mm it will be pretty easy. But if you've got to, like, actually coach people up on, like, the actual rules of football, like how to align and all that other stuff, it will be pretty difficult. And everyone's going to want to be the quarterback. That's true. So I don't want to be the lineman. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to go through lineman drills. Those are the worst. Those are the most difficult. Hitting the block and sled, absolutely brutal. So I guess you'd have to do it in a way where everybody's got 
gets to play a different position every day. Yeah, something you know like I mean? that. Something like you know, maybe there could be one honorary game at the end of it. You're not practicing for for a season or anything, but I think what the adults would sign up for, 199 dollars by the way, if you sign up by the end of August, David Olson, we can we get it down to 175 a little discount? Why not? The Knock business. yourself out, Coach. <laughs> the business plan is already in motion. I think, Big Dog, what the people would sign up and be looking for is the uh, the spirit, the camaraderie, the uh, getting in shape, but the encouragement. You know how you it's tough on your own, but if you do it with a group of 15, 20, 25, you know, the hands in the middle at the end, the coach's motivational speech. I think it's all that that we would be selling, again, for $199, $175, you sign up by the end of the month. Well, uh, so not the actual uh... – Getting in shape part. No. You know, I, cause I got, I got to be quite honest with you, coach. I, I think it would be like a typical practice. Uh, we'd have to make sure that the check's cleared before we actually had practice because <laughs> something tells me. That, that would be the first drill. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, something, yeah. So, <laughs> cause something tells me, you know, uh, on day two, we're going to have about, uh, yeah. only 80% of the people that were there on day one. But after they remember, day two is pretty much what your team's going to look like the rest uh-huh. of the year. Because it's like, like I said, it's unbelievable how many people quit football yes. after one day. I've seen people quit after 20 minutes of practice. They were mm-hmm. like, "Are you kidding me?" Like all these guys, oh yeah, I'm going to go up to football this year. You know, my uh, my grandma always said I'd be good at it. You know, and then 20 minutes into practice, they're like, "This is this is what hell is like." <laughs> and then they just walk off. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. So. Which is exactly why the coaches make it particularly hard the first week. You're trying to get rid of the riffraff and try to keep the guys that are not only uh, physically talented, but you want mental toughness in order oh, to absolutely. win. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know. You know what? All kidding aside, it's not a bad idea. We have to talk after the show. 100? Actually, I, I, I finally had a great idea when I was when I ripped off my 574th chicken head last night. It finally <laughs> came to me. What I'm going to do? It, it's not that, but uh, it's. It's uh, I don't know if you know this, Coach, but not only am I doing Black and Blue City, I got this other guy who's following me around with a camera on ShytownMix.com. Okay. And uh, he basically, after 10 minutes of this on Friday, he finally came out with a camera and started following me around and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And after about 10 minutes, he just stopped. He's like, go, whenever you tell me to come somewhere with a camera, I'm there. Afterwards, he's like, I can't believe the stuff we're getting right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh I, I, I have an idea, well, so it's going to work out, Coach. It's finally going to work yeah. out for me. I won't have to work 80 hours a week for like six mm-hmm. bucks. I'm not talking about six bucks an hour. I mean for six dollars. Mm-hmm. So first of all, he's stealing my idea, one ten percent of the profits, because I've said about eh, maybe about two years into our uh, radio relationship, Big Dog, that anybody that wanted the cheapest to produce hit television show, all you do is follow, have somebody with a hand camera, follow you around 24 hours a day and call the show Joel. And I guarantee you, out of the 24 hours, you will find a half an hour of uh, entertaining, if not somewhat subversive activity. It will be a hit TV show right there. So that was my idea a long time ago. I'd like uh, at least a little bit of the profits that your friend is going to hopefully make. Well, the problem is going to be it it would have to be on HBO. But this is actual. It's going to be a – I can get into it later. Let me let me make okay. sure everything is good on it. But it's right. going to be a college football show is the best mm-hmm. for me to tell you, Coach. All right, very good. We'll, we'll, we'll get up on that. And, again, best of wishes to all the high school athletes out there. We started talking football. You started talking about the Bears training camp. Not only Matt Forte, the guys I'm hearing about, Big Dog, that have taken the next step that are a shining light so far. Matt Forte, the running back, legitimately, you hear people talk, and they say he is significantly better this year. You kind of explained the reason. That's going to be huge if yeah. he is. Tommy yeah. Harris, 
Now, hopefully it's not just hearsay. But uh, my inside sources, my inside sources, who basically my inside sources are after this show, I go listen to ESPN Radio. Uh, my inside sources tell me Tommy Harris, a different attitude, a different burst. It's the old Tommy Harris. Whatever. I hear that ah, every year. No, no, I believe the okay. Matt Forte thing. Okay. I'm just saying and, if and it's I true. And I want to believe, because everybody knows the key is Cutler. The key is, no, the key of this football team is Tommy Harris. And I'm he has sucked the last couple of years. And every year, oh, he's better now. He's fine. I'll believe that when I actually see it uh, against the Detroit Lions game one of the season. Then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll then, okay. I, and I trust me, coach, kind of like that Mulder dude on on, uh, on X Files. I want to believe. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, I did it. You and interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, that's that's fine. And Tommy Harris, I think, would be the first to agree with you. Fair enough. Let the action show. But we're hearing great thing. The third thing is a wide receiver that the most people forgot about. They. You know, talked about all the speed demons, but apparently Rashid Davis is not ready to give up his no, position. No, he's he's... This, that's another coach. Why are you falling for the same Chicago Bear preseason <laughs> crap? <laughs> Rashid Davis needs to get put on a boat and sent somewhere, okay, and sent somewhere where it's not nice. That guy, every year, oh, he makes outstretched diving catches in practice. Yeah, but too bad when the ball hits in between the numbers in the regular season, it goes right to well, the that, ground. That, that's not true. He had a bad season, but a bad season. Yes. You're a wide receiver. If you drop half the passes thrown, well, season, it's a horrible season. But big dog, let me remind you: before his bad season, the reason Rashid Davis became Rashid Davis, he wasn't a big name. He wasn't a high draft pick. He was one of those guys. I'm surprised to hear it because you you typically like these guys. I he was not those, a big I name. I love guys like Rashid Davis, but you know what? He had a great career. Too bad he's not playing corner anymore because when you play corner and you drop passes, oh, it's a disappointment. You dropped an interception. But your job is to cover people, tackle people, you know, and try to make a big play. When your job is called wide receiver, it's called to receive the football. I, I, I'm done watching him drop passes, Coach. I'm done. Okay. And last year it was the same thing. He's having a great camp. We finally have a slot receiver. He made one catch against Minnesota that Rex Grossman threw him oh, like yeah. four or five years ago that won a game in the team. Mm-hmm. And ever since, I don't know one tough catch he's made since. All right. Skepticism well understood. Skepticism semi-appreciated. Uh, as you said, games one and two, opening of the season will tell the tale. I'm going to predict uh, not great things, but I think Rashid Davis is going to be part of the mix. At any rate, optimism pretty high at the Bear Camp. But the big note, I would imagine just about every NFL team is uh, pretty rosy right now. Optimism running high. Uh, exhibition games, what, start this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, they do. I mean, obviously the Bengals and the, and the Cowboys played in the, in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny, coach. Right now, I can name a bunch of teams and they have, they have Super Bowl aspirations. Mm-hmm. The Bengals, the Ravens, uh, obviously the Colts. If you're the Steelers, that's what you have. You know, uh, the New York Jets. Uh, this is the AFC teams, by the way, that I'm talking about right now. Okay, the San Diego Chargers, we finally got rid of the, the albatross that was the Danny and Tomlinson. You know, all of a sudden, he's the issue. You, know, you name all, every team, every team, I shouldn't say every team, but legitimately 20 teams, even the Chicago Bears. There's talk around, hey, you know, uh, uh, this color thing, we, we got it right. We're going to be able to protect them, and, and we have a new offense, and all of a sudden, Tommy Harris is healthy. We'll, we'll be better than 2006, people are saying, which was the year they went to the Super Bowl. It, 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 it's funny. Basketball, you know, mostly hockey teams most most of the time. 
you know, preseason, they have, you know, we'll hope if everything turns out right, maybe we can make a play. And football's different. Oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. It, it cracks me up. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you can't be optimistic this time of year, even for the teams that are down. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad or right, wrong. Right. I'm just saying it's just that, that's the way football always has been, Coach. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, we will, uh, by the way, uh, have our NFL preview show like the week before the season starts. We'll make all of our uh, football picks and uh and then we can look back at them like we did last year, seven, eight weeks into the season, and see how poorly and that we did. But right now, Big Dog, I got the Bears going conservatively 14-2. and two. My optimism, my optimistic cup hath runneth over. Well, well, you know what, Coach? I, I, I will tell you this. The Vikings are overrated and the Packers are overrated. Everybody, mm-hmm. oh, the Packers, Packers, Packers. Aaron Rodgers was almost decapitated last year. Okay, it's going to continue to happen this year. The Packers are the most overrated team in the NFC North. That is a fact. And I'm going to tell you this straight up right now. The Detroit Lions aren't that much worse than the Green Bay Packers. By the time this season's over with, people are going to be shocked about how overrated the Packers were and how much better the Detroit Lions are right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Early, very early into it, but I would agree with that. Maybe not quite to the level you're at, but I do think the Packers, uh, people got a little carried away with them, bring them down a little bit. And the Detroit Lions, everybody's saying watch out for them, uh, you know, that they're a little bit better. I think they're going to be a little bit better. A, a lot a little better. Bit better. I yes. Be coach. I think they're going to win eight games this year, believe mm-hmm. it or not, the wow. Detroit Lions. Wow. Be a big step up. Yes, they would. Big step up. I don't know. I don't want to say I'm getting scared of the Green Bay Packers and the football is entering my mindset, but I did. Uh, but I haven't had any bad dreams for a couple of weeks. Big dog hit me again last night. Woke up in the middle of the night, about three thirty in the morning. Couldn't get back to sleep. Looked over at my wife, and she looked just a little bit like Green Bay Packer outside linebacker AJ Hawk. Very that's, scary. That's not a good look, Coach. wasn't bad actually. Yeah, definitely, definitely beautiful hair, but it's the it's the cleft chin. <laughs> Some of us are into the cleft chin. <laughs> All right. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog and the Coach. We got baseball to talk about, and then uh, we got some news and notes and titillating tidbits, some of which we did not get to in yesterday's uh, program. So I want to get to those two, uh, Big Dog. Before we do the MLB recap, I got to talk about the Cubs and Sox. Uh, Sox lose, Cubs win. But there's two quick baseball stories that we missed from the weekend and I think from a Monday. You know, one-hour show and uh, the two of us tend to ramble and get sidetracked. We miss a lot of stories. i got to bring up, uh, A, this triple play turned by the Seattle Mariners. Not often you get to see it, what I would call a true triple play, third yeah, to second They to haven't first. had one since 1995. That doesn't happen very often, triple play. When you said they, you were talking Major League Baseball or the Seattle Mariners? Obviously, the, there's been a triple play in the last 15 years. There's been a couple. Okay. Of, the Mariners haven't had one. All right. But I like that. Third, you know, right around the horn. Not not one of those line drives where the runners are caught off base. I mean, those are cool, too. Any triple play is cool. But this one was, uh, you know, like a three-pointer the old-fashioned way. This was a triple play the old way. They earned it. Yeah. All right. And the other one, even more impressive, we, we have not even brought up, and we need to, Brendan Morrow's pitching performance over the weekend. I want to get your opinion on it, Big Dog. People are calling it one of the top four, five, six pitch games ever. He had a no-hitter down to the final out. Evan Longorio of Tampa Bay, I guess, gets an infield single to ruin the uh, no-hitter. But he had 17 strikeouts, 
two walks and a one-hitter. Brendan Morrow in an unbelievable pitch game. Yeah, Bill James has called it the fourth-best pitch game since 1920. Wow. Who's Bill James? Come on, Coach. Bill you're, you're James? Right? Bill you're James. kidding, right? I'm not kidding. The baseball historian Bill James, he writes about 900 books. Okay. A year on baseball. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Okay. So it, we, he, just, he called it the fourth best game ever? Since 1920. Wow. So uh, the, the before 1920, dead ball era, all that other stuff, he didn't get into that because it's a little bit hard to compare. But since they've been using the live ball, he said it's the fourth best pitch game since. And <sighs> I'm assuming, I, I haven't seen the four games above it, Okay. But I'm assuming that the Sandy Colfax game against the Chicago Cubs, where he threw a perfect game and struck out 14. Okay. That, that's got to be way up there. Yeah. Terry Woods game of. That's the one I was thinking. Of, that's got to be number one. I honestly think it's number one because it's, you're talking about 20 strikeouts, zero walks, one hit by pitch, and an infield single. That's all. That's all. And don't forget, the guy that got the infield single, the pitcher was batting next and bunted. So there would have been a chance if if, uh, if Kevin Ory fields the ball, that he, he should have got an error on it, by the way. But if he fields the ball and throws out uh, Rick, uh, Ricky Gutierrez at first base in mm-hmm. that game, Coach, okay. then the pitcher's batting. So he could have easily, he would have struck the pitcher out instead of having the pitcher bunt to get the ball down. He still would have had 20 strikeouts. And he, only one guy would have reached base, and that would have been uh, Craig Biggio, who leaned into a ball on an 0-2 count and got hit by it. Mm-hmm. And later on, they asked him, did you lead into it? He's like, oh, no, no, no. I, uh, he's like, I, I really felt confident up there. But he was smiling, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Of course I did. I could got a, you know, that, that was, when they show replays of that game, Coach, it, it's the greatest breaking pitch I've ever seen. All of them. Like, the ball started on the inside corner, and it's ending two feet outside. It was yep. just crazy. Yeah, everybody That's- talked about the Kerry Wood fastball, and he had great heat when he was healthy, but you're so correct. What made him special was the fact that he not only had the heat, but he had the unbelievable breaking ball. Unfortunately, it didn't break for that many years. Yeah, you know, to, to make things worse if you're a Cub fan, the other day, you know, watching Bobby Valentine and Oral Hershiser speak as the – as the, what do you call it, the color analyst during an ESPN game. I think Dan Schulman was the play-by-play. They, he, he asked those two, who does this, who does Steven Strasburg remind you of? And they were like, oh, both of them said, oh, the best pitching prospect I've ever seen. And Schulman's like, who, who's for both of you guys? And Hershiser, I'm pretty sure, said Pryor, and Valentine was the one who said Terry Wood. So both of them said Cub pitchers who were on the same team at the same time. Who both, we thought at the time, were going to be long-time, long-time Cub superstars, and both broke down. That hurts. Yes, it does. That, that hurts just to even hear about. Yeah. I'm going to be writing a letter after this show to both Bobby Valentine and Oral Hershiser. By the oh, way, yeah, we... yeah, don't be afraid of the truth, Coach. <laughs> I can still write a letter. I'm not afraid of the truth, but, you know. <laughs> Are we going to hear uh, Oral Hershiser uh, on the Little League World Series? I think he's become the voice, the color voice of the Little League World Series. I don't know if that's confirmed for this year, but I know you're excited about the Southeast Regional Little League Championship game tonight. I haven't got a chance to see the Southeast Regional, but I do miss Harold Reynolds. Yes. Uh, the moms miss him also. The, the husbands <laughs> and dads don't miss him as much is the best way to put it. Uh, outstanding baseball announcer, quality individual who apparently 
was a little bit uh, too flirtatious with uh, one too many divorced moms. Uh, a little too touchy feely, coach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, that's, that's what we hear. Rumor has it. Yes. Uh, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly but, too touchy feely. Right. But a solid guy. Solid guy. Oh, absolutely. A oh, good I'm baseball. You're with the boys. Yeah. 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 We're always, you know, we're teaching our athletes to get a little more sensitive, a little more in touch with themselves. Harold Reynolds maybe uh, took a little bit too far, but. We need a little more touchy-feely in the world of sports, quite frankly. Yeah, if he would have given more guys hugs, he probably would have got away with it. <laughs> probably not. Then he would have been uh, rumored to be in trouble for something else. You know, one way or another, Harold Reynolds was going to find a way to get in trouble. But he was a hell of an he was a hell of an announcer. All I know is the MLB Network has to keep uh, Hazel May and him a hundred <laughs> feet apart from each other at all times. <laughs> And me, by the way. They got me 150 feet away from Hazelman. Well, absolutely. After not knowing who Bill James is, I'm almost afraid to ask as we head to a break. But I'll ask it anyways. Who's Hazel May? You don't know who Hazel May is, Coach. Here we go. Is she, a, is she a baseball historian? No, no, no. Well, kind of. She is the MLB Network uh, morning. She does the, the, the highlight show oh. for MLB Network. Is that her real name, She's- Hazel May? I have no idea, Coach, but she's a little Asian girl, and she's just downright beautiful. <laughs> and uh, she's got chicken legs, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, you're a guy that's got her in these short dresses. You're a guy that rips off. You, you rip off the heads of chickens, so the two of you might be uh, made for each other. You know, opposites attract. Well, we'll take a quick break. We'll let the big dog cool off a little bit. I feel you getting a little heated over there. Take it easy. Uh, ease down on the hazel, man, love. Take a look at your picture in New York. Met Ed Cranepool. You'll be okay. We'll be back in about 42 seconds talking football, Cub Sox, baseball. we got titillating tidbits, news and notes coming up as well. Back in about 45 seconds. Don't go anywhere. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com october 27 big dog october 27 chicago bulls open their season against oklahoma city at oak city the home opener against detroit october 30th i don't know if you got your 2010 calendar filled out just yet but uh Save those two dates. Cancel all other activities. Bulls basketball schedule has been released. You know, Coach, I'm a much more of a, a college basketball fan than a professional basketball fan, but uh, i, I got to tell you something. I'm, I, I really hope the Bulls have a good season this year. And uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat the juggernaut that is the Miami Heat out of the East, but uh, I really hope they do. Can somehow figure it out. Derrick Rose takes another step up. You know, maybe Joe Kim Noah takes another step up and, and they can somehow figure out how to way to be a team mm-hmm. and be really deep and be 12 players and, and win. I, I know it's a long shot, but I'm really hoping right. they do well this year, Coach. I did do my homework uh, last night, went down all 82 Chicago Bulls games, analyzed Uh-oh. all the matchups. Right now, and, you know, give me a couple of months, I can still change in this right now. 
Right now I have the Bulls going 68 and 14, just three shy of the all-time record. Actually, it would be four shy of the all-time record. Whatever. But yeah, well, you might as well, since it is a Chicago Bulls record, you might as well get that particular number yeah. right. So. Okay. <laughs> Dedication to accuracy here on the TalkZone.com, huh? So that's right. what I do, Coach. Yeah. All right. But and again, I might change that, but right now I got him with 68 wins. My optimism is running uh, in full gamut right here. All right, real quick. Uh, and again, our phone number here if you want to check in, talk a little baseball here with two guys in a mic, Big Dog and a Coach, at your soy, this is 888-463-6748. You can email us at twoguysmike.com. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C in the number two, mike Two guys, AOL.com. Again, the phone number, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, maybe the top baseball series, maybe tied with the Cardinals or Reds as far as importance, has taken place right here in the city of Chicago. The Minnesota Twins knock off our White Sox yesterday. The Twins are hot. The Sox are not 12-6. to Minnesota, not a good start for the Pale Hose. Yeah, I don't know if you would call it, you know, knocked off the White Sox. They knocked them around five home runs. You know, the, the Twins are supposed to beat you first to third all day long. They're not supposed to be popping the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, it just goes to show, though, that target that target field that they're playing at is not a home run park whatsoever because I think they've hit legitimately, Coach, 60% of their home runs on the road mm-hmm. this year. Joe Mauer doesn't have a home run at home, yet he's got seven on the season. I know seven isn't like a gigantic number or anything, but, you know, if you had seven at home and no, I mean, no at home and seven on the road, that's... You know that's that's a big difference, coach, and uh, you know so they're showing definitely some significant power in the first game of the series last night. Yeah, one of the guys showing the significant power, getting a home run and a double, was uh, ex Chicago White Sox. It almost hurts to see him in a Minnesota Twin uniform. Jim Tomey had a big game. He was part of that power surge, uh, kind of helping to uh, destroy his old team. Big though that hurt, but then then again, Jim Tomey, he's a good guy. Hard to root against him. Did you see his double was just a routine single, but nobody was covering second base, so he just kept running and slid in the second. Okay, I did not see it. Yes, it was mm-hmm. uh, what it, it was. An, it was just a typified the day that the Chicago White Sox had yesterday. Not good. Jim Tomey, like a good 16-inch softball player, and for those outside the Chicago area listening to this uh, fine program, 16 inches is the Chicago version of softballs. Play without mitts on smaller uh-huh. bases and a big ball. 16 inches and, opposed and it's to 12 not inch. a mush ball. I hate when they go with the mush ball. You know, no one's ever caught a, uh, a 16 inch softball yes. when it was first hit because it doesn't feel like mush as well like concrete. No question about it. I played first base for years, so I can attest to that uh, firsthand. But uh, Jim Tomei, like some of the beer bellied 16 inch players, can actually use their stomach, use the beer belly, if you will, to increase your speed. I, I, you know, I don't know the whole physics of it but as you round the base if you turn and lean properly you can actually get the beer belly working for you and it picks up a centrifugal force and you can get the second base fairly fast even with the beer belly if you work it for you yeah coach the only thing you know about physics is how to spell it f i s y c k yes you you know you don't know anything about physics, Coach. Well, please, don't give us a science lesson. No, here. you're correct, but would you agree with me? There are 16-inch softball players no, with I big won't. tummies who lean, and they can get around the bases pretty quick. They Okay, there might be a couple guys that you can say, hey, he runs pretty well for a fat guy. But I'm going to tell you, every <laughs> single one of those fat guys would be faster if they weren't fat. 
Not so sure. You hit the base on impact, and you get the belly swashing from the right so side to the left side. It can actually, the beer belly, if properly swished, if I could use that word, or swooshed, can actually give you momentum. See, now I'm getting into the physics here. I'm getting into the... No, no. Yeah. So it can, you would have to be able to push off the base, and you can't push off a softball base because they don't pat them down. Yeah, they do. Sure they do. What do you think? The bases aren't spiked in? Well, you spike it, yeah, but if you actually use it to push off, those things are coming out. Coach. All right. All right. I'm not gonna, it's a short show here. I don't want to argue about uh, beer-bellied softball players, but I'm telling you my physics lesson, I've seen I, it. I, I, I don't I've, even know why you brought it up. I've seen it with my own. Well, because we were talking about Jim Tomei going in for a stand-up double, and I was saying Tomei does the same thing. He's not a fast runner, but he uses that belly a little bit. When he takes the turn, he's a little bit quicker than you would think. That's all. Thank you very much. All right. At any rate, Jim let's Tomei get... may be the slowest human being that's playing baseball right now. Besides Benji Molina. <laughs> Speaking of Benji Molina, we had Yadier Molina, one of the flying... Molina catching brothers get into a little bit of scuffle last night. Uh, let's talk real quick about that bench clearing brawl. It was yeah, more like was, a more like a yeah. pushing match, but go ahead. Cardinals and Reds. I was watching MLB Network last night live when it happened. Wow! And the MLB Network is is it's unbelievable. If you love baseball, you you watch the MLB Network. And legitimately, ten seconds into the fight, they had switched switched to it. And basically, what happened was Brandon Phillips came to bat, and Brandon Phillips had said yesterday or the day before, so two days ago, the day before the, the, the particular series, he says, I hate the Cardinals. All they do is bitch and moan. They're a bunch of bitches over there. I can't stand the Cardinals. Compared to them, I absolutely love the Cubs. I hate the Cardinals. So when he comes up for his first at-bat in the bottom of the first inning, mm-hmm. I guess what he always does is he like draws a line, kicks their dirt around a little bit, and he'll tap the shin guard of the catcher and then the umpire. Well, before he went to go... As he goes to tap the cat, uh, Yadier Molina's uh, shin guard, he kicks the bat away. And next thing you know, they start jawing at each other. And it was Yadier Molina who started the jawing and continued the jawing. And next thing you know, Brandon Phillips takes his helmet off. And then the bench is clear. And it ends up being where uh, Chris Carpenter is pushed up against the, the wall with both teams leaning on him. And the other – now, okay, Carpenter isn't starting the game, but – uh, it was uh, Jaime Garcia. Was, I'm pretty sure started the game for the Cardinals last night. And uh, Johnny Cueto, who was starting for the Cardinals, gets pushed up against the wall behind home plate, and Johnny Cueto starts kicking, and not kicking with the top of his foot, with the bottom of his foot, sound kicks. And the guy's got metal cleats on, and he kept kicking the same Cardinal in the middle of his back. <laughs> that must not have felt good. Eventually, everything was cleared out. No players were tossed, but it just basically showed it's a contemptuous series, Coach. Mm-hmm. And what a way to start game one of that particular series. Oh, by the way, Yadier Molina went deep last night in the Cardinals win. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Let your actions speak for you. That fight looked like uh, not a lot of punches thrown, but certainly bench clearing was like a giant mosh pit. Dusty Baker, Tony LaRusso, the only two guys thrown out, both the uh, uh-huh. managers. And i got to correct you, Big Don. That was game two of the series. The Cardinals oh, now okay. beating the Reds two in a row. So advantage St. Louis. They win last night uh, by the score of eight to four. Matt Holiday, by the way, big game four out of five for him. So uh, that'll be interesting. What would you think about the Cardinals, by the way, trading away what was their number two, number three hitter, Ryan Ludwig? I thought that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I, I don't know if he would be their second or third best hitter, to be honest with you. They, uh, 
I really don't like Ryan Ludwig. The only reason why Ryan Ludwig has had any success over the last couple of years is because he was batting in front of uh, Albert Pujols. Mm. So let's, let's yeah, they did. I don't think they're going to miss much. Okay. To be quite honest, I, I just remember him. Things. What was it? A couple of years ago, coming out of nowhere, and particularly smacking the ball around against the Cubs, and he was a great hitter. For the Cardinals for a couple of years, and all of a sudden, boom, he's traded. I was a little surprised, but uh, you're the baseball expert. You say they will not miss uh, the lovely face of Orion Ludwig. Yeah, I don't know if you'd call him great, Coach. He, he's decent. So, <laughs> you know, we can go with that. Uh-huh. All right, other baseball uh, yesterday, Tampa Bay knocked off Detroit 8 to nothing. Tampa Bay hanging with the Yankees, big dog, and I think you predicted that. You said the first couple of months was not uh, – you know, not just a flash in the the flash in the pan. Tampa Bay proving they're there for the long run. Eight nothing. Had a rookie yesterday, Jeremy Hellickson, pitched the shutout. Tell the uh, listeners a little bit about uh, young rookie pitcher Jeremy Hellickson. Uh, well, uh, he likes to work quickly. He likes to keep the ball down in the zone, coach. Uh-huh. Uh, he likes to get ahead in the count. Really? Yeah, and uh, he he likes to keep the hitters off balance. Very nicely done. It's the same thing you said about the last forty-eight pitchers, but very nicely done. Uh, actually, that kid's pretty good. And the reason why I did predict the uh, the, I, I didn't realize they had all these young arms, you know, in the you know in the minor leagues that were going to come up and and replace the Jeff Neemans of the world and and whoever was going to get hurt for them. But uh, they have a lot of pitching coach. And uh, now that Jeff Neiman is on the disabled list, you know he's he's had a phenomenal year for the mm-hmm. for the for the Tampa Bay Rays. But you know they bring up this Hellickson kid and, he, and he's been just as good. You know, so it, it's been quite a season for them. Mm-hmm. Basically, Tampa Bay has got a lot of everything. The only thing they don't have is a lot of fans. Yeah, that not that too bad? I mean, legitimately, that team is, at worst, the fourth-best team in baseball. This is a team, you know, if, if you're like the Rangers this year, oh, well, maybe you don't believe, you know, one of those fields. You know what I mean? Oh, they, they're, they're finally good after a bunch of years of futility. This team has been good for a couple of years. Go out and watch them, people. That's that's, that's not good. You know what I mean? It's an investment. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving along, MLB recap. We try to do it each and every day here. A little round them up, wrap them up of the Major League Baseball games. Baltimore knocked off Cleveland 14-8. It's a game that doesn't have pennant implications, but we got to mention it. Baltimore, red hot. Buck Showalter doing what Buck Showalter does, big dog. He gives a team an immediate surge. The Orioles, seven of their last eight. We know they spanked the White Sox. They're continuing to play outstanding baseball. Who would have thunk it? You know what? It, it, yeah, I don't know how long that's going to last. But uh, I, it, and it's funny is they're winning in dramatic fashion, Coach. It isn't just like, oh, hey, they got win. They're winning in dramatic fashion. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty cool, actually, to see. Uh, a little bit of feel good in what's been a brutal season for the uh, Baltimore Orioles fans. We had Boston knock off uh, Toronto 7-5. to Jose Batista, by the way, hit his 35th homer, leads the majors in uh, home runs. So two questions here. The Red Sox, five and a half back. By the way, better record. If they were in the White Sox Central Division, they'd be in first place. So everybody thinking Boston, eh, a little bit of an off year. Well, if they were in the Central Division, they'd still be leading. But uh, five and a half back, can they make a run at Tampa Bay in New York? Probably a tough. Well, they've had... So many injuries, Coach, that it's hard to write them off when they get everybody back. Because all of a sudden, you know, Josh Beckett is back, and all of a sudden Josh Beckett is pitching. He's actually throwing the ball better than he has in years. Uh, Dustin Pedroia is supposed to be back soon. So it's it's hard to write off the the Red Sox because they have so much talent. Mm -hmm. The only problem Mm -hmm. with the Red Sox is the fact that, obviously, the Yankees are for real, 
And like, and like I just said, Tampa Bay is for real. So they can definitely, without question, make it, a, uh, you know, get back into it, especially when you're talking about if there's two teams ahead of them, both of those teams are in the playoffs, so they only have to catch up to technically one of them mm-hmm. in order to get back into it, and there's two options for them. Yep. Yes, they can definitely come back, though. That's a good point. They can get back in the race, but they're only mm-hmm. five and a half behind Tampa Bay with uh, 48 games to go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they can get back into it. Okay. Good point. I like the mathematics there. So, so far in the oh. show, my uh, physics has uh, shined a light. Now, you are showing some uh, surprise mathematical persuasions, if you will. Very impressively done. Yeah, most of the time the situation is, oh, they have to pass two teams in order to get back into it. Yes. Well, now the option is they have two right. teams that they can possibly mm-hmm. pass. Because we're pretty much pretty much assuming the wild card will come out of that division. That's part oh, of your... We did, uh, we yeah. did what I, I think I did on April 2nd of this year. That's what I mentioned. <laughs> the wild card. I did. I was like, the wild card's coming out of the American League East. So. You, you made that announcement after one game. Yes. <laughs> All right. How about uh, Mets knocking off Colorado one to nothing? Good pitching duel there. Ubaldo Jimenez, outstanding once again. I love Ubaldo Jimenez, but he gets outpitched by New York Met Mike Pelfrey. The one to nothing game, big deal. We've seen more of those games this year than I can remember in recent years. Yeah, the most in uh, 2002. There's been 37 already, and there was 42 wow. in 2002. So there, there's a good chance that, uh, that we'll go right past that. And, and I have no problem with, with these type of games. I, I, I miss the time when scoring a run really meant something. You know what I mean? When it was, you know, you hit a home run and you're like, wow, oh, who, you hit a home run? That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was funny to get back to it. You said Jose Batista had 35. Yep. I swear to you, Coach, every single day. You keep on asking. You know, I stay up on baseball. But, like, the other day he had 33. I thought he had, like, 27. I knew he was leading the, the major leagues. He's hitting home runs at a ridiculous pace this year. I can't even keep up with how many he's hit. So the guy, and he's, it's funny because he's also very way up in the American League in, in RBIs, mm-hmm. yet he's only hitting like 240. It's a, he's like one of those 1980s slugger, slugger coach. You know, he's going to lead the league in RBIs, and he's only going to hit 237 the year that he does. Yeah, he's having his best home run year, no question about it. I, you know, Prior to this year, I only vaguely, I mean, I'd heard about Jose Bautista, really didn't see him play that much, but, uh, yeah, he's become like, it's almost like every day you read the paper, Jose Bautista hits another home run. I don't know, you're a man of tremendous baseball predictions. Did you have any idea that Jose Bautista could become that much of a slugger where he might get 50 by season's end? Hey, coach, he had, he had 18 in, in early May, and I'm like, there's no way he can keep this up, and he was still available in my fantasy baseball league. Now, I've got an, I've got Ryan Zimmerman and, uh, and, uh, and my outfield is incredible. I got Ryan Zimmerman and, uh, Evan Longoria at third base. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to drop him for him, but, you know, I look back now, he could have been had by anybody in our league for, you know, up until like June, now that I think about it. So, mm-hmm. no. And I, there were seven other guys that followed baseball that didn't think of it either. Very so. good. I appreciate your uh, honesty on that particular aspect, if not incompetency. <laughs> at least I'm not. At least I don't have <laughs> Excuse me. On the opposite end of the one nothing game, you had L.A. taking on Philadelphia. Pretty good series there. The Dodgers battling to stay with San Diego and San Francisco. Not exactly one nothing in that game. Big dog. L.A. wins fifteen to nine. Eighteen hits. For the Dodgers, they finally cool off Philadelphia. The Phillies, up until yesterday, actually playing some pretty good baseball. Though. Yeah, Joe Torre's got to be. Just, he's got to feel like Lou Pinello a little bit. 
this team, the Dodgers, you know, have barely been scoring, and then all of a sudden, you know, they bust out with 15. Doesn't that drive you crazy as a, as a manager? You see a team scrapping to get runs, trying to figure out any time, and then all of a sudden they bust out for 15. But it, actually, they needed those runs last night because the, the Phillies were putting them up too. So you know, it wasn't like they, they beat somebody 15 to two when they didn't need all those runs. No question so. about it. Finally, uh, Atlanta, the Braves, hanging on to first place. They beat Houston four to two. They get a two-run home run uh, in the ninth inning. In the ninth inning to win the ball game, the Braves uh, trying to. Hold off the New York Mets and more specifically the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Big win by the Braves. Brooks Conrad. Haven't heard of him before. He's got the Hollywood name, but a big two-run homer by Brooks Conrad and the Atlanta Braves stay a couple steps ahead of the competition. Yeah, Brooks Conrad, coach, has been involved in a couple funny plays this year. He was the guy that uh, fielded the ball and it went into his jersey and he lost it and he didn't know where it went. You remember that play with with the Chicago White Sox? That was a classic. Yes, I do. And he also is the guy this year. With his team down three, two outs, bottom of the ninth, he hit a, a fly ball deep in the left field. It went off of a fielder's glove, bounced over the fence for a grand slam. He turned first base, thought the guy catched it, catched it. Can't believe I just said. He thought he, he caught it. He turned around and like in disgust, like oh, I could have won the game. And when he turned around, he was going to start walking off of the baseline, which would have made it. Well, it would it would disallow the home run, and then he saw all his teammates running out of the dugout, <laughs> jumping up and down, and he's like, "What?" And he turned around, and the people were going crazy in, in, in Turner Field, and he realized he's, he had just hit a game-winning walk-off grand slam. He's lucky there weren't runners on base, or if he was a runner on base, and he would have done that, he could have. Over... Well, he didn't go out of base. He didn't go. He's okay. like legitimately right when he turned around. Like you, like if he he still would have taken it if he needed mm-hmm. a couple, two or three steps to actually have it be disallowed. Mm-hmm. But right when you turn around and he saw his teammates jumping up and down, running out of the dugout, he realized something good must have happened. <laughs> or these guys are a bunch of jerks. Hey, I did hit a home run. Uh, or maybe you thought it was rookie hazing. Possibly it could have been that. All right, good, good, <laughs> good, good, solid background on Brooks Conrad. That's our MLB. Uh, Recap, round them up, wrap them up, if you will. David Olson, our producer, by the way, other side of the glass. Phone lines are open if you want to check in, talk some baseball. We're going to do news and notes, titillating tidbits as well. Phone line, uh, phone number, I should say, 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. Big dog on our uh, first news and notes, titillating tidbit. It is baseball-related. A moment of silence, if you will, for Seattle manager who got fired, Dan Wakamatsu. Thank you for that moment of silence. By the way, didn't Dan Wakamatsu get a vote of confidence about three weeks ago? Uh, I'm assuming he must have because he was fired. <laughs> so he must have gotten that yeah. vote of confidence recently. I think it was when they were playing the White Sox, and the owner said, you know, we are going to build this team around Coach Wakamatsu. He's not going anywhere. We're going you know, this... to give him the players that they need. Yes, the exactly. Character guys that will win like Milton Bradley. <laughs> Three weeks I wonder, later, I how many managers have been fired while Milton Bradley was on the team? I know Lou Pinello was able to make it out, because he called him a POS, which is always good. That's, that's always a good thing to call a, a one of your players. But just, just wondering how many play, managers have been in the wake of Milton Bradley's career. Too many, too many. Milton Bradley signed for another year in Seattle. Yeah, uh, next year he'll he'll make uh, that's the most he'll make out of okay. his contract. So it's over ten million dollars next year he'll make mm-hmm. to drive in twenty seven runs 
and right. and blame everybody else for his failure. <laughs> All right, moving on from Milton Bradley and uh, a very sentimental, emotional moment of silence for manager Don Wakamatsu. No, he didn't die. He just got fired. I'm sure Coach Waka will be uh, will be fine. Titillating tidbit. Don't forget, uh, those contracts are guaranteed. He's still getting paid, people. No reason to feel yes. bad for Dan Wakamatsu. <laughs> Thank you very much. Item number two, titillating tidbits, news, and notes. The Basketball Hall of Fame inductees this Friday in a couple of days up in beautiful Springfield, Massachusetts. Big dog, one of our guys here in Chicago, Scotty Pippen, makes his much-deserved um, entrance into the Hall of Fame. And surprisingly, he picked Michael Jordan to give him the uh, introduction. I thought that was a bit of a surprise. Well, the guy knows exactly how to keep his name in the news. He is smart. First of all, it makes sense, totally makes sense that all of a sudden, uh, and he's also for the first time ever, uh, Michael Jordan's going to have to acquiesce to Scottie Pippen. We'll mm-hmm. see. Well, who knows? Maybe Michael Jordan will make a speech totally about uh, himself and talk about how he he brought mm-hmm. Scottie Pippen along. Who knows? Just, you know, yeah. to, to let Michael Jordan speak for you is awfully, awfully risky. But just to show the fact that uh, Scotty knows Pippen Pippen, who everybody in the service <laughs> industry is city Chicago knows he's the cheapest person of all time. And I would like to second that. Uh, I did work for uh, Nike Town while he was a Chicago Bull, and as much as I loved him on the court, Scotty Pippen, please stay away from me. I'd never want to help you with, and do anything. So this guy, this is what his, he said, because, you know, he's also going in as the dream team. You know mm-hmm. this, coach. Yes. He's going in as the dream team okay. player and as, uh, as Scotty Pippen. And they were like, so what do you think of that? He's like, oh, yeah, good. it saves me money to go on the trip. I can knock them both out one time. <laughs> that was the first thing he thought about, the fact that he doesn't have to take two trips to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Not, oh, it's great that I'm getting inducted with the Dream Team and, the, and as myself. He's going to get to save money and knock out two trips with one. Oh, well. I mean, seriously, how cheap are you? I know he, had a, he might have to – first of all, you know, he married a woman because – he married a woman that was an absolute 10, and look at him. The dude is butt ugly. So obviously she's marrying you for your money, and then you're going to get disappointed that she divorced you and took everything because you cheated on her? What a surprise, Scotty Pippen. Okay, you know what I'm saying? That's a practice. Well, here I was all excited about good guy, Scotty Pippen, a good team. And all his teammates, by the way, speak very highly of me, even oh, no, waitresses. No, I, and... And like, I want to remind you, Coach. Like I said, I love, I'm glad Scotty Pippen was a bull. I love Scotty Pippen on the court. You just don't like the way he tipped waitresses and shoe salesmen and don't like the fact that he uh, treated women, apparently. No, no, I could care less what he did to other people. I'm upset that how rude he was to me when when, when I was working at Nike Town. Yeah, you know, I cannot deny that because I've always said, well, I've read that I think it's very, very accurate. You can judge a lot of a man's character on how they treat service personnel. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. It's very true. Absolutely. Very Uh true. Yes, David. Mm Mm-hmm. My old roommate used to manage a bar, and the bartenders wouldn't serve him. They just—he'd be sitting there at the end of the bar, and they just ignore him. They wouldn't even bring him drinks because they knew he wasn't even going to tip or anything, and sometimes not even pay his tab. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't making the huge bucks that the guys are now, but he was making. Oh, money. he at the time he was—he was, he was yeah. making real yeah. good money. It's just no excuse. Yeah. You, you can't. There's no way you can find a positive side of that. That's that's that's. Just oh yeah, bad. exactly. So that's I'm not going to say. I'll say you talk. Like I, I always reiterated, I love Scotty Pippen on the court. Yeah. That's, off the court, oh my goodness, man. Mm-hmm. come on. What's discouraging to me though is we're finding out. I always defended Michael Jordan a little bit back in the day, and I, I think what I said about Michael was 
that considering how much publicity he gets, one of the most recognized guys in the world, one of the greatest sports icons of all time. Now, I said this in his younger years and when he was playing, that, you know, for all that he has coming at him, the, you know, the women, the money, the fame, the fortune, all that, he's a pretty good guy. He's kept, you know, a fairly level head. He seems like a pretty decent guy. But it's sad to say, Big Dog, the more you hear about what went on back then and the more you see go on now, I think my opinion back then was inaccurate. And sadly, the more you hear about him, Michael Jordan, not a good guy. Not a good guy at all. Tried to intimidate uh, younger I, players. I don't know, Coach. I, I was uh, I was really, really, really good friends with his cousin. And you know what? I, it, it, when you're in a spotlight like that, I, I, you know, I've heard, like, not signing autograph stories. Whenever I hear those, I just, like, well, I was going to do, I just want to sign his autograph, and he just drove away. When I hear stuff like that, I'm like, you're a grown freaking man. Why are you asking somebody for the autograph? I, anyway? I, I'm totally with you on the autograph thing. I'm talking yeah. more about the way he treated uh, teammates. Particularly well, young teammates. rookies it and young. Doesn't bother me as much, to be honest. With Why you. does it bother Jordan you? While he was a superstar playing. player like Michael Jordan should be building up these guys instead of trying to intimidate him and see who's, you know, who's tough enough to survive through, you know, the Michael Jordan hazing or whatever it might call. You know, it that's works. a bunch of garbage. Be a nice guy if you're it a superstar, works, coach. Huh? It worked. Well, I know is it worked. I understand that they won six championships and he's will go down as one of the greatest ever. I'm just saying. Yeah. That it turns like, out, like I said, it, it, it's, if you wanted to be a, how come so many people wanted to play for the Bulls? They knew they were going to have to deal with. It's not a secret, Coach. Everybody knew about the Sam Smith wrote the Jordan rules during the first three feet run. Everybody knew that Michael Jordan was beyond a pain in the ass. As a matter of fact, he was a bad teammate. Mm-hmm. But, but if you played with Michael Jordan, you can withstand the pressure. See, Phil Jackson didn't have to yell and scream at players. Michael Jordan did. Michael Jordan was the general of the team, not the head coach. It's kind of funny how that worked, but it was true. Right now, Phil Jackson is not yelling and screaming, but David Olsen is. we got to wrap up the show, Big Dog. The time flew right by. I hate to cut you off, but got to do it. We'll talk tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late.